0: Good morning, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. And then you say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is a special place. Today is a special morning. I have a message on what church is. So we are in this sermon series. The sermon series is uh, various sermons throughout a series, and it's called, What is Church? And I wanna start off by apologizing to you. Now, some of you weren't here last week, and so I'll just make a general apology, but I'm the kind of person that if I say I'm gonna do something, gosh darn it, I do it. Anybody else like that? See, that's, that's Yeah, so, so last week I said I'm gonna give you next week the formal definition of church. So if you were here last week, and if you remember that, would you raise your hand? Anybody? Oh, like two, three, four hands. So I specifically apologize to you guys. And I realized that this probably isn't that big of a deal to you, but it's a big deal to me to say I'm going to do something and then not do it. Because this week, as I prepared and thought about that sermon, which it, it is a great sermon, the formal definition of church. I've taught it at a college level. I taught a church history uh, class, and we went through what church is. It's in the Nicene Creed. These four words that church is one, holy, Catholic. Sometimes we use the word universal and apostolic church. It's a great message. I love that message. But this week, in preparing, I just thought I feel like, and maybe this is a word of prophecy, um, maybe it's just a, something I feel from the Lord, but I often think a, a, a prophetic word is, is just the truth being said, the right truth at the right time. Like it, it's what is being said is for such a time as this. And I really feel like this sermon today. It's a special sermon that I really feel like is a word for us, New Life Manitou, at this season, at this time, that it might be one of those messages that we think back upon and we're like, yeah, this is us as a church. It's a message called, the title of this sermon is called The Power of an Invitation. The Power of an Invitation. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. See what I just did there? Invitation, that I invited you. Some of you aren't even smiling. Don't worry, Well, well, it's okay. If you have a paper Bible, if you brought, if someone near you brought a paper Bible, give them a little thumbs up for bringing an actual paper Bible. If you brought a phone and you have a Bible app that you can get to, that is great as well. And if you have neither, we will put the the words of these scripture on the screen. This is a parable that Jesus tells to people as he's trying to teach what the kingdom of God is like. And it's a whole bunch like an invitation, that goes out. And some people that they make up excuses they can't come, so the invitation goes out even further. And the invitation goes out even further to people who don't normally get invited to big great wedding uh uh, wedding uh, banquets and feasts, the invitation continues to go out. Let's listen to what this says. If you would, would you stand with me if you're able? Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 16. Some of you are already there. Luke 14, starting in verse 16, Jesus replied, there was a certain man who was preparing a great banquet. What kind of banquet? A great one. What what would make it great? Well, I don't know. The food, the the entertainment, the place, the hors d'oeuvres, the whatever. It's a great banquet, and he invited many guests. Verse 17 says, At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all, says in verse 18 alike began to make excuses and we'll vote in just a second which excuse we think is the worst but the first one says I just bought a field and I must go see it (laughs) please excuse me verse 19 another one says I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out (laughs) please excuse me still another said I just got married so I can't come the servant came back and reported this to the master And the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go quickly to the streets, the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has already been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go to the roads, the country lanes, compel them to come in so that my house will be full this is the word of the lord thanks be to god let's pray christ you are here you are in our midst and we thank you lord that that we have heard this invitation that we are here today that the kingdom of god has been open to us that your doors of your kingdom are open the invitation has gone out to us riffraff to us ragamuffins to us who, who maybe don't feel like we often deserve your invitation, but it's gone out to us. And Lord, may we hear it. May we respond. May we enter in to your joyous banquet, your heavenly feast. Father, we thank you that the invitation you give is a powerful one. We thank you, Lord, for the power of an invitation. We praise you. We thank you. And all God's people shouted, amen amen you may be seated um let's go over the story real quick so there's uh a person who is throwing a big party uh matthew chapter 22 jesus tells this parable uh in another way or maybe just gives more details as it's recorded in the book of matthew matthew says it's the king putting on a banquet, a wedding banquet for one of his kids. And so that's an interesting, oh, that, that's an even awesomer banquet than I was thinking. This is an awesome banquet, a great banquet. And he goes out and invites the people that already knew. There was, so they were already invited. And now he's telling them, now's the time. Come on in. And one guy has just bought a field. And he says, I can't go because I need to go see it. Like, is that a lame? excuse? how many of you think that's the lamest excuse? It's pretty lame. Like, isn't the field going to be there tomorrow? Who knows? The other guy bought five oxen and he's going to go test them out. Like, go test drive these oxen. Like, that's his excuse. Instead of a great banquet, you're going to go try out your five oxen. How many of you think that's the lamest excuse? And then I think the third one is the lamest excuse. Because like one guy says, I just got married. I can't come to your banquet. And and the wife is like, hello, I would like to go to the banquet. And so in my mind, it's like, that's the worst excuse. Like, why don't you invite your wife to the banquet? It seems like, you know, after just getting married, that seems like the best time to be going to banquets. But instead, he uses that excuse, and people say they can't make it. And so what does the master say? He says, well, then go invite anyone you can Go invite, what are the words? The crippled, the lame, the, the blind. Invite the people who in that culture could not repay. In, in that ancient Middle Eastern culture, there was like, if you gave a gift, you, they would probably give you a gift back. If you, that you invited to their house, they would invite you to their house. And there was this, you know, relationship that was you know, give and get in this ancient world. And so go invite people who could never pay you back. Go invite people who could never have you over to their house because they probably don't even have a house to live in. This reminds me, this story reminds me of a story, a news story, a national news story that came out a few years ago. Maybe you saw it. It's a heartwarming story. It doesn't start off heartwarming, but it ends up that way. There was a young couple about to get married, Sarah and Logan, and the week of their wedding, uh, the bride doesn't give any reasons to the news, and, and good for her. It was a private matter. But for whatever reason, with less than a week before the wedding, the bride called off the wedding. And so with tears, she says in the news article that she made phone calls to friends, to relatives, to family members, letting them know, sorry, no wedding, no reception, no marriage. I've called it off. And um, she calls some of the venues. And as I imagine you could understand, the venues, uh, they can't just give her a refund. The places have already been booked. Food has already been purchased. The news article said that $30,000 Thirty thousand dollars were spent on this great banquet, this great wedding reception, and uh, what she then decided to do was fascinating. Maybe some of you heard about this in the news a couple of years ago. She called the local homeless shelter and she said, "I have 170 seats. Send me who you got." And so, 170 homeless people that that I assume don't get to go to these kinds of banquets got to come. To a banquet. How cool is that? When I heard this story, I was like, that's exactly, well, maybe not exactly, but that's exactly this story. Like a banquet is being held and people don't come for different reasons in the two stories, but... They go, the invitation goes out and these people come and they, after this banquet, they wrote letters. People that heard the news story wrote letters to this girl, just thanking her for this act of kindness, this invitation that went out. The title of this sermon is The Power of an Invitation. The Power of an Invitation. Jesus wants to teach us something about who God is and the kingdom of God in this parable. He says, it's like someone who's throwing a big party and there's still room. So he says, go out and invite everyone. Go out and invite anyone. The the nobodies of this world, the the, the nobodies that society says, these guys are outcasts, go invite them because the kingdom's doors are wide open. Do you know what a testimony is? Anybody have a testimony? Testimony is just your story. It's your story. You you have a story. Of, of, if you're following God, um, you have a story. And that story is, we call it a testimony. And when you're like going on a mission trip, my wife and I, and where's Mike at? And Ashley, we're going to the Congo in a couple of weeks. And we were all told to... Be ready to share our testimony because when we go and we show up, people are going to ask us, what's your story? What's your testimony? And you need to have a a two-minute version, a five-minute version, and maybe even a longer version if they bring you up on stage at church and like you're finding out with everyone that you're actually preaching the sermon. you got to be ready for that. And so I just know. I've been on a couple mission trips, I know, to have my testimony ready. Your testimony is a story of God's work in you. And I would guess that ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of you that have a story would say that some part of your testimony involves an invitation. An invitation to church, an invitation to the community of God, an invitation right around the time when you would say, man, that's the time when I made a personal decision for Jesus and I started following him. I would guess that 99.99999 of you would all say, yeah, around that time, there was an invitation in to the people of God. I have a story, and, and my story really kind of begins in high school as far as like really wanting to follow God and, and seriously following God in my own personal life. And I uh, I grew up in Germany. I was an Air Force kid. My dad's in the Air Force. He might be watching online. Hi, Dad. Um, and anybody else grow up, Army, Air Force, uh, a couple hands. Um, so I was in Germany at the time of high school. I had just moved there, and I was just, I was, begging for friends and fellowship in my life. And I was lonely. And so if anybody would have invited me to anything, I would have went. And some kids in my class invited me to a Protestant youth group, never been to a youth group like that. They invited me. And so I went and I go into this Protestant youth group. The name of it—you know, every youth group has a good name. Do you want to know the name of this one? Uh, and we're trying to think of it, because we just started a student ministries, which is going on right now in that little room right there. It's mainly middle school kids right now, but we're wanting to expand that to high school ministry, and we need a really good name. Um, and, and so, the name of my youth group back in the days: Wednesday night, seven o'clock, Destiny. <laughs> What's the name of the group? So are you going to Destiny tonight? yeah, I'm gonna go to Destiny. And so I asked my parents to bring me to Destiny and they dropped me off and I go in and guess what? People warmly greeted me. I have never experienced anything like that up until that point. And, And looking back, I think it was just the church being the church and and people that believed in Jesus acting like they were believing in Jesus and welcoming in people. But I was so blown away with how nice and kind and welcoming these fellow high school students were. Like it was, I almost thought like, are they being sarcastic? Like, like, come on in, you could sit next to me. I'll save you a seat. And I was like, Are you teasing me? Like, are you setting me up for a long con? Like, what? I was really, I had not experienced that before. Maybe some of you, like, I, I I hear about this sometimes. People come into New Life Manitou and you all greet them. You invite them in. You save them a seat. And maybe some of them haven't experienced that kind of kindness maybe ever or in a long time and it means the world to them. Remember, a kid had the same shoes as me at this, at this youth group, which really wasn't that crazy because uh, I lived in Germany at an American Air Force base, and if you wanted American clothes, then you had to go to the base exchange, the BX. And so all the kids shopped at the same place. And so it's like, really, we all had the same shoes, but, but me and this one kid had the exact same shoes, and we're like, oh, look at that, same shoes. And I was sure he was gonna say something like, well, I'm wearing them better than you, or I'm never gonna wear them again because you're wearing them. Be- why? because that kind of stuff happened to me in middle school. Maybe it happens to all of us, like just people being mean. And instead he said, let's wear the same shoes next week. You coming next week, let's wear them again. How awesome would that be? High five. And I was just like, where am I right now that everyone is being so nice? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I was in church. This is the community of God being the community of God. And it was mind-blowing. It was like I was invited in and I was welcomed in and I had spent, I think, my life like just middle school. Anybody else have a rough middle school couple of years? I see those hands. I see, thank you for raising your hand. I didn't mean to bring up any bad memories, but I just, as a as a middle school, I didn't really, there wasn't like one or two like horrible experiences. It was just a bunch of me just kind of being on the outside, outside looking in, very shy, very timid, just an outsider looking in at life and kind of watching it pass me by. That was kind of my middle school and, and later elementary school years. I've told this story before, but like I remember like on a Monday morning, sitting down in class and all the kids kind of buzzing and talking about a birthday party that they went to at Chuck E. Cheese. I've told you this story probably a couple times. Maybe I need to work through this issue in my life. <laughs> but they're all like wearing the headbands and talking about how one kid got stuck in the ball pit and couldn't stop laughing. So the adults had to come over and dig her out and how little Jimmy got to go up and, and dance with the, uh, uh, what the, the, animatronics, like not the, if you go to Chuck E. Cheese now, those, are, those aren't animatronics. You go to the 1980s animatronics and Chuck E. Cheese, those are frightening things. And this kid had enough courage to get up there and dance with them. And he was like the hero of the day and everybody's just buzzing and talking and I'm just sitting there on the outside looking in. I didn't, I didn't get the invitation. I wasn't there. And I just, I just one of those memories that I have as a kid of like being not invited. There is a power, a great amount of power. There is power in an invitation. And I think about like, I tell that story to say, there's a lot of us who probably feel that way, that we're on the outside looking in. I think I looked up uh, this week kind of the, the stats on social media and how much time people spend on average on social media. And it's somewhere, you know, in the last couple of years, the, the rates have really gone up. People are spending even more and more time on social media. And it's around like 2.5 hours per person per day is the average. And some of you are like, that's nothing. What about 10 hours? That's about- <laughs> but, but that's, is there anybody else surprised? Like the, the minutes kind of add up. And on average, the people that are on social media are on for something like two hours every single day. That's two hours of a collective consciousness of our society scrolling through people's like best days of their year, best days of their month. And it's a whole like collective conscious of our society on the outside looking in at things going on. And I wanna tell you today, I wanna remind you, this is the sermon, this is maybe the the prophetic word part of this, if that's a word that is okay to use here, that... The Lord is inviting you in. He's inviting you into his kingdom. The doors are open and he's saying, come. He's saying, To all of us aren't you glad that that there's more room it says the whole parable kind of hinges at the end with like and there's still room in the kingdom there's still room at this banquet and so go invite keep going inviting and compelling that like go beg people to come into the kingdom because our heavenly father wants us to come in And I'm comparing now, I'm kind of talking about two things, the kingdom of God and church, and this word being for us, New Life Manitou, and comparing us and and challenging us. Like, let's invite people. There's empty seats in here. We could invite people in to this place, into the Lord's kingdom, into a life with Christ and into his place. I know some of you, uh, I think the average now, I was looking up stats this week on averages of church, and it seems like the average church, it's someone who says, like, I attend church, I am a Christian, I always go to church, they're really just going to church one or two times a month is kind of the average now, which is, is really kind of sad. That's just a few hours a month that someone will spend in church because there is power here. And there's power when we invite people in. There's power when we come to church. If, if you're out of town, I get that. But when you're in town, you're, you come to this place. We are better as a community when you come. And you are better for it as well. This place is a powerful place where God is moving. Amen to that? You know, I, I think of um, maybe uh, just the invitation. I, I think there's people in my life who I have invited to church and some of them have come, some of them have said no. And so some people I just think I would never invite them to church because. Because of course they're going to say no, and it would just lead to an awkward conversation. But but honestly, I've ne- when I've invited people to church, it's usually around holidays, Christmas, Easter, just things going on, or like the kids' camp. When we have invited people, there's actually usually a coming alive of like, oh, you, you, would, you would invite me to your church? Thank you. I've never had a, a negative, a bad reaction. Maybe some of you have, but I think more often than not, there's people on the outside looking in and wondering something about you. There's something different about you. There's something different about you. The the life that you have, there's something different. Invite people into that. So I wanna encourage you this week to invite people in to this place. So we exist. Uh, We'll put this on the the board here. This is who we are, New Life Church, New Life Manitou. We exist to make disciples, to make a disciple as a follower of Jesus. We we exist to make disciples in the Pikes Peak region by calling people to worship, connect, connect, and to serve. We do this in such a way, it's, it's a Micah 6, 8, that's a book of the Bible, a verse 6, a chapter 6, verse 8, that we act justly, love mercy, and we walk humbly as we do this, as we make disciples, we, we call people in, like, like what we were doing just here and now, the, the singing of songs, that's worship. I think everyone in here would say, yeah, there's, this isn't just a, a concert on Sunday mornings, something different is going on We are calling disciples to worship and connect with each other and with the Lord. And we're calling people to serve, serve this place, serve this body, to serve the city. Like individuals, I'm looking at this room, there's so many of you individually serving or finding groups to serve and to help in this city. A phrase that we often use is we're in the city for the sake of the city. And we really believe that and we really hold that to be true, that we want this place an invitation to this place to be special and holy, because when we invite people into this community, they can see and they can, they can glimpse the kingdom of God. So I'm going to end with two stories, maybe a shorter sermon today. Don't say amen to that. <laughs> two stories, and then we'll close, and then we'll give an invitation to a banquet, to a feast, so to speak, a mystery of Christ's body and Christ's blood that he shares with us. We always close our Sunday morning services with communion and Brett will lead us to the table after these two stories. And who's invited? Everyone is invited. If you believe in Jesus, if you want to come into his kingdom, if you, if you, you know, would say, I believe, help my unbelief, well, then you're invited to communion. But first, these two stories. One is a story of years ago, I was uh, associate pastor of the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life North, or the big uh, campus up north on Interquest uh, years ago, there was this ministry back in my day. We called it the mill. And sometimes on a Friday night, there would be like a thousand young people, college and 20 somethings. And I was just an associate pastor. I was able to see this, and I had roles with the small group, and it was just wonderful. And one of the gifts that I had, at least people told me about it, was I would just naturally welcome people in. I would bring people into my circles. And there was this guy who was from Detroit, Michigan, a hard kind of dude, a party animal, a drinker. He played uh, football for Michigan State, just a wild guy. We invited him in uh, to our group. He, he kind of came, someone invited him and and he kind of came, became a part of our circles. And like, to give you a story, I think he was drinking this night, uh, although secretively, because we were, you know, a bunch of goody two-shoe Christians, but I think he was like sneaking drinks or something. And, and the, we, it was pretty, pretty late, like 11, 12 o'clock at night, he looks outside and sees that the neighbors had a, a slip and slide for like kids, and so he just strips down with like, just his, he kept his underwear on, thank goodness, but just skimpy underwear, strips down, goes over there, turns it on, and is slipping, and we're all like looking out the window, like this guy this is wild. He's a crazy man. And we like him and he's awesome, but he's crazy. And he began to be a part of our group. And, and we, he was just kind of like the crazy friend. And there was, the, there was a quick like hitting of the brakes, maybe like two months in, if I got my timelines correct, where he just kind of pulled back from us and he said, things are getting, you know, I, I believe in Jesus and I want to give my life to him. And he, and he said, I, I want to get baptized, but I realize I need to clean up first. I need to clean my, I need to, you know, to, to stop going to church for a little while, stop hanging out with you guys because I need to clean up my life first and then I could give my life to Jesus and hang out with you guys and get baptized. And I was like, no, 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 that's, that's not how that works. No one here in this group is, is, is telling you you need to clean up before you can come. Like you go and slip and slide in neighbor's yards all you want, like you're welcomed with us. You don't need to go clean up to give your life to Christ. You don't need to clean up before you get baptized. You definitely don't need to clean yourself up so that you could be with us. And so he's, I told him this. It was a life-changing conversation. I think both for me and him as I felt like, oh, there is a power in an invitation, a power in welcoming people into community in this place. And he listened to what I had to say. And a couple days later, he said, you're right. I'm giving my life to Christ and I want him to clean me up. I want you to baptize me. So a couple weeks later, there was a baptism service and I had the honor of baptizing him and then watching him, I still know this guy, watching him get cleaned up from the inside out. It was a wonderful, miraculous thing. Now he's one of the most calm guys I know. He's one of the most disciplined guys I know. He's one of the most on fire for Jesus guys that I know. Amen. And as a church, like, I think we all need to be okay. Like, we are a place, New Life Manitou, where we welcome in everyone. We welcome in, you know, the, the, the people in this, this group that the servant is going, is told to go out to invite in are the lame, the blind, the crippled, the poor. And those are the people that didn't belong in that society. Who are the people that might come in here? Are we going to welcome them in? Are we gonna welcome in the gay, the gender confused? Are we going to welcome in the poor, the lonely, the depressed? Are we going to welcome in people who are Manitou weird? Are we going to welcome in everyone and say that this place is the Lord's place because he is the God who welcomes? Amen to that? One last story. This is a story from us. This is a New Life Manitou story About five years ago, I think, because we've been meeting five years, so it would be a little more than five years ago, because we weren't yet meeting on Sunday mornings. We had a prayer meeting on a night of the week. Was it Tuesdays or Wednesdays? Tuesday Tuesday nights, we met in the upper room above the, you know, the Keg restaurant downtown, Manitou Springs. Right above there, there's an upper room. We had that as a prayer meeting, and we would meet up there and... and, It was this lady that got invited and the person that invited her didn't show. So so here I'm talking about inviting people. If you invite someone to church, what's the next step? You show up, you show up. Don't just invite someone and not show up. So this poor lady, she was new to church. Uh, she came, she sat in the back, was very just, you could tell she's just like, this is new to her. She she looked the part of just kind of feeling out of place, like what's going on here? We were singing, we were praying, we were coming up and reading scripture. And she I don't, she just had the appearance of like being, out of place, kind of just sitting and nervously looking as an outsider looking in. And after the service, I was able to make my way back to her, me and another uh, believer. And we, we kind of, we just had a conversation. Why are you here? How'd you find out about it? And say, oh, I was invited, but my friend didn't show. And we're like, oh, who's your friend? We're going to get him. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, she had a very sad story. She said that I, I don't, I mean, she could, the, one of the first things she said was, I don't know what I'm doing here and I don't belong here. And And I was like, You you can belong here. She says, "No, I don't. I don't belong here. Everyone here looks so happy, and everyone here looks like they have it all together." And I thought, well, that's that's definitely not true. First of all, but that's the way she felt. She came in and she said that uh, uh, a man had just taken advantage of her like a week prior, and that guy was doing time in jail for what he did to her, and she was lonely. She was depressed. She, she was just open and honest with us, struggling with mental health. And she said, I don't deserve to be here. This is a holy place. It's a good place. Everyone here has, has her thing was everyone here has it all together. Everyone here is smiling. And I'm do I'm doing horrible. And she opened up to us and with tears was just like, I don't belong here. And me and my, my friend talking to her, we, we said, That's that's not true. You belong here. Here, this place, there's an invitation to come, to stay here, to be a part of this community. And some of the women in our church rallied around her, took her out to lunch and coffee and listened to her story and invited her back. And she was kind of just like, well, this, this is your group, but I'm just here because I think there's something going on here and it's, it's giving me some hope and some freedom. And I don't really believe like you guys do, but I'm just gonna keep coming because I could tell that this is a good place. And so for week after week, she just came. And week after week she began to realize that there's there's a lot more here than just, you know, people pretending to smile. There's there's some true you know, each one of us, you know, all have hurts and, and we're all broken people, but there's a joy to us when we receive the Lord. And this woman. Uh, a, a couple months later would dedicate her life to the Lord, become a believer, and when we started meeting here on Sunday mornings, she was the first woman she was the first person that we baptized as New life Manitou Amen. Those kinds of stories I hear them those kinds of stories the, the power of an invitation those kinds of stories are the stories that we as believers we say yes, of course the, the lord 's table is open, the, the feast of the Lord has been set. And the invitation is going out to people just like you and just like me. So would you stand with me? We're gonna pray, and then Brett's gonna lead us to the table. Lord, we thank you that the invitation to follow you, the invitation to come into your kingdom, into your banquet, into your feast, has gone out to everyday people like us, like people that are broken, everyday people that would fall into this category of being Um, poor and lame and people that are blind and in need Lord may you invite us again may all of those in here listening online or listening in here hearing these words say Lord we thank you for this invitation Lord keep inviting us in Lord may you use us your servants to, to go out to invite people in to this heavenly banquet this heavenly feast of yours Lord So Lord, we turn now to the table where you are setting a place for each and every one of us. You're setting a place for all who believe, for all who would even say, I believe, help my unbelief. So Lord, we come to your table in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.